0: Thank you for checking out our sermon here at New Grace. Please let us know of any questions you may have or any way that we can help you and your family. Enjoy the message. We're we're looking at the book of Proverbs and we're determining the path that God wants us to be on in our life. Because every one of us in every area of our life, we are on a path headed somewhere. Uh, whether we're uh, young teenagers who we have a, a goal, a desire, a destination to go to college, get a good job, uh, make a lot of money and have a great family, uh, that's, a, that's a path that you're on. You have a destination in mind, and so you are on a path to get to that destination. And we've said it every single week, and it's very common, and we understand this, but your direction determines your destination, If you get out on 81 and you start going north, you're going to end up in Pennsylvania because that's where your direction is taking you. You start going south, you're going to end up in Tennessee because that's where your direction is taking you. You can go north and say, I want to go to Florida. You ain't getting there because that's not where your direction is taking you. And so we need to examine every area of our life, our, our relationships, our marriages, our finances, our health, all these areas of life. We need to look at them And first, we need to decide, where do we want to end up? Do we want to end up divorced? Nobody does. No one enters the marriage relationship saying, you know what? I can't wait for the next five years because it's going to be miserable. We're going to fight like cats and dogs, and we're going to have a bitter, angry divorce. It's going to be great, man. Nobody does that. Everyone gets married with the idea of happily ever after. So how come they don't end up there? Because that's the destination they have in mind, but they get on a path that takes them to a direction that doesn't go where they want to go. And they don't realize it until it's too late. And so we've been looking at this truth about how to determine our destination, how if we realize we're going down the wrong path, how to change course and get on the path we need to be on. And so we're going to continue looking at that theme this morning. So who remembers maps? You know, those paper GPSs that we used to have that, you know, you'd have to unfold the thing and find out where you want to go, see where you want to go, and then find where you're at. And you always had to use the, the little square thing. It's like, okay, I'm an A5 and find where you're at. And then you had to physically map out your direction. And then, you know, what you did when you, tried to, when you were done with it and tried to fold it up, you could never fold those things up. The manufacturers couldn't fold those things up. They were just, once you unfolded it, they were worthless, just throw them away because you got to buy a new one. But those existed long before GPS. If you wanted to go on a long trip, you wanted to go across country, you didn't just get in your phone and say, hey Siri, take me to Los Angeles. You had to get a map or several maps or a road atlas and mark your way. Now you could just get in your car and start driving, but that was never a smart idea because you never know where you're going to end up. You're probably not going to end up where you want to go. And so we had to use these maps from, to help us get to where we wanted to go. And there will always be the need for maps or their equivalent in the world. Something that helps tell us how to get to where we want to go. But from time to time, we're going to need outside help getting to where we want to go. Because even your GPS's aren't Perfect. I know they're getting really, really good, but I remember me and April when we were uh, coming when we were on debutation and we would come back from Indiana. Uh, we we got the old GPS. You know, th- this was before phones were even good at it, and so we knew the way home. We'd come home from Indiana, and we'd done it for co- through college uh, for five years. So I kind of knew most of the highways to hit. And they did come construction. Now, I remember uh, we had our GPS. We just got it, and we put it in, and I plugged in where we are going home. And so I'm driving down, and I take the road I know I'm supposed to take, and I'm going down this new highway, and my GPS is just constantly saying rerouting because it's got me in the middle of a cornfield. It's not me. <laughs> so GPSs aren't perfect. Sometimes they get you lost. They're not up to date, and you got to keep updating them. And sometimes we just we need help from other people to help us Learn how to go, where to go. Because nobody has the, the patience or the time to just meander through a neighborhood hoping to stumble upon where they want to go. Once we get out of familiar territory, we need a little help. We need a map. We need a GPS. We need someone who knows the territory. The same is true in life. Every one of us are trying to get somewhere where we've never been before. And it's not wise to meander around life trying to find your own way to get to where you want to go. Life passes too quickly, and we, we can't just start over and redo it. The problem is there's no map quest for life. There's no Google Maps for life. You can't put in your starting destination where you want to end up and and this computer spit out how to get there. You know, starting destination single. Ending destination, happily married for 70 years, and it tell you how to get there. Starting destination, broke college kid in debt. Ending destination, lots of money with no debt. And the computer just, now that would be awesome, but that's not how life works. There is no map quest for life. Now, there's no website like that, but there are people God has placed in our life to help us get to where we want to go. And we know that because we see them along the way. There are people that we know in our life that they have the marriage we want to end up with one day. People that have been married for 60, 70, 80 years, and they're, they're happily married, and they, they love each other more. You know, those cute old couples that just can, you know, that's what me and April are going to be. We're going to be cute old couples rocking on the, on the front porch, and I'm still going to try to swatter whenever I can. And we're going to gross out the great-grandkids. Uh, but I want to have a marriage that people, my great-grandkids can look at and say, I want a marriage like, I don't know what they're going to call us. Pop, pop, and I don't know what they're going to call us. I don't have grandkids yet. Praise the Lord. And uh, so, but we all have people in our life who they, they have a marriage that we think, man, I, I wish I could have their marriage. I wish I could be like they are. We, we have people in our life that they have the financial stability that we wish that we had. Man, I wish I could manage my money like they did. Because look, it's not a matter of making more money. If you can't manage your money, no matter how much money you make, you're never going to have enough. That's why so many lottery winners are bankrupt within like two years. Because they couldn't manage their money anyway, then they get a whole bunch of money that they still can't manage, and they just blow it. So it's not like, man, I wish I I made as much money as that guy. No, it's, I wish I could manage my finances as well as they do. People who, they have kids who are like, man, their kids, they're a joy to be around, not like the terrors I have. I wish my kids were, were more like their kids. I wish I could have a family like they have. People who, have, they are the people who are able to maintain healthy relationships instead of burning every bridge they ever come to. We have people that are at the destination we want to get at, that God has placed them in our lives so we can use them for directions to get to where we're going. No matter where it is you want to end up, others have already made it there, and here's the great news, they know how to get there. They have a map and they're willing to let you look at it. Now, as obvious as that is to many of us, too many of us are resistant to get help along the way. We're resistant to allow people to point us in the wrong direction. We are are willing to take directions from people who are not where we want to end up. You know, people follow directions for their marriage from their parents who have been divorced for 20 years and wonder why their marriage is on the rocks too. They're, they're taking financial advice from people who are constantly taking out payday loans and constantly in debt and wonder why they're in debt too. Well, I took advice from my best friend. I mean, he's, he's no better off than I am, but he has some good ideas. No, he doesn't because he's not where you want to go. He's exactly where you are. They are people who have, they have a good idea of where they want to be, but they're content to use a map of make, given to them by people who have never been where they want to end up. And this happens all the time with our friends. Look, it's great to have friends in the same stage of life as you are. That's, that's a tremendous blessing to have friends who, who maybe are a young couple, and they're a young couple too. You've got young kids, and they've got young And it's great to have friends who are in the same stage of life. Friends are great for friendships. Friends are terrible for advice. You've been married three years. Don't get advice from the marriage guy who's been married four. He don't know enough. He's not, enough, he's not far enough down the road to be giving you good advice. Your kids are, are three and four. Don't, don't be getting parenting advice from the people who've got four and five-year-olds. I, I hate these mom groups. They get in people the same age. Or get, oh, this is what you need to do. You don't know what you need to do because you're still stuck in that stage of life. You need to look at people who their kids are married. They're, they're grown up. They're out of their house. You know, again, don't take advice from the guy who's his 60-year-old still living in his basement. He don't know how to get rid of kids. So find people, oh, they're where I want to, yeah, y'all guys got that. Y'all, find people who are where you want to be in life and say, I want to get directions from them. Taking directions from people in the same stage of life as you is like following someone in a car who's never been where you want to go. Or worse, it's following someone who's lost and has no intention of stopping for directions. The maps your friends are following, they're unreliable. Now, we all take directions from someone in every area of our life. If we know it or not, we are following someone else's map. And it would be wise to look at the the people uh, who have maps who are the places that we want to get to anywhere, who their maps lead where we want to be. So one of the most important decisions you make as you walk down the path of life is determining whose map are you going to follow? Now, since we're all following someone's map, we need, more, we need to be more intentional about who we follow, whose map we look at. See, here's the thing you need to understand. Successful people are successful because they are willing to admit when they don't know something. They're willing to say, I don't know what to do in that situation. I don't know enough about this subject. I need to get some help. Foolish people say, I don't know enough about this, but I don't want people to know it, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. They're the ones that end up and hurt and end up with, with difficulty. They're not Successful people are not too proud to borrow maps from people who are where they want to go and know how to get there. Successful people, whether in the area of family or marriage or business or finances, they know their limits. They know what they don't know. and they're willing to get help along the way. The ability to drive does not equal the ability to navigate. All of us need directions, so you need to make sure you're getting the right directions. And the, the wisest man who ever lived, he had a lot to say about seeking the wisdom and direction of others. He had more to say about that than any other biblical author. I mean, think about it. The wisest man who ever lived insists that we need directions from others as we're walking down the paths of life. And according to Solomon, wise people listen and learn. Wise people seek help when they don't know what to do. So look in Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 5. He says, a wise man will hear and increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Look over in Proverbs 12, chapter number 15. You're going to be doing a lot of flipping in Proverbs for a little bit. Proverbs 12, chapter 15. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Look at Proverbs 13, chapter 10, right across the page. Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Look over at Proverbs 19, verse number uh, 20. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. Flip back to Proverbs 11, chapter number 14 say, so why didn't you have that first, preacher? I don't know. Just do what you're told. <laughs> Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where no counsel is... Is that on there? Okay. Where no counsel is... I can't find the verse. Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Then back over to chapter 15, verse 22, last one. It says, without counsel... Purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they're established. That's some pretty straightforward advice that the wisest man who ever lived has given us. Wise people listen. Wise people take advice. Wise people seek counsel, and they prosper. Fools go their own way choose the wrong advice, follow the wrong direction, have no intention of turning around, and they suffer because of it. The fool says, I don't need anyone to tell me what to do. I can figure it out on my own. Solomon says, no one ever gets to the place where they don't need outside input. None of you, because you're, you're still living and breathing today, so that means none of you have gotten to the point where you don't need someone else who's further down the road, to say, hey, I I think I can help you get there. Now I know what you're thinking. Brother Max. like, I'm 92. Who's further down the road than me? Somebody. And it's not just physically, it's not just age-wise, but maybe in different situations. None of us will ever get to the point until we see Jesus Christ face-to-face where we say, I don't need any more help. I don't need any more directions from someone else. How do we find the right help along the paths of life to make sure we're getting the right map. So number one, be selective in who you get wisdom from. Be selective in who you get wisdom from. Yes, there's safety in the multitude of counselors, but here's what a lot of us like to do. And I've, I've used this verse myself. I'm facing a situation. I have a decision to make. I know what I want to do. So I'll go to person to person, to person, to person, until I find the person who tells me what I want to hear. I'm like, a multitude of counselors, I went to five of them, I finally found one that I said I wanted one of the year, and that's what we do. So you need to make sure that you're getting directions from the right person. And this is best seen in the life of Solomon's son, Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the king after Solomon's death, but despite Solomon's insistence on seeking wise counsel, Rehoboam was slow to take his advice. After Solomon's death, Rehoboam, as he's becoming king, he he goes to Shechem to be crowned the new king of Israel. And as he's there, he's approached by a man named Jeroboam. Now Jeroboam, he was selected by a group of people in Israel who were very disgruntled with Solomon. They were unhappy with the treatment that Solomon had given them. And so they send Jeroboam to go to the new king on their behalf. And they had a legitimate complaint against Solomon. In 1 Kings 12:4 it says, Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now, therefore, make thou the grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke, which he put upon us, lighter, and we will serve thee. Solomon's aggressive building campaign to get the nation of Israel to where it was, to build the temple of God, to build, and we study in Ecclesiastes, the forests he built, the mansions he built, the pools he built, all the incredible things he built, it took a lot of pain, took a lot of labor, took a lot of money. So to accomplish these things, he taxed the people heavily. They were heavily taxed all the time, not just with their money, but they had to give up all their gold. People who had forests had to give up their lumber for the events, and so they were heavily taxed. They had to work like slaves to get this work done, and they were working so much, and they were doing so much that they weren't able to take care of their own farms. They weren't able to take care of their own herds. They weren't able to take care of their own vineyards. And so with Solomon's death, they were hoping that Rehoboam would give him a little break, would kind of slack up a little bit. And so they come to Rehoboam, and they say, look, your, your dad, we loved your daddy. He was a good king, but he just put way too much on us. And we couldn't handle it. We can't handle it. And here's what we'll tell you. If you would just lighten the load a little bit, man, we'll serve you forever. We'll love you forever. We'll we'll be the greatest subjects. We'll We'll die for you, just... Lighten the load a little bit. So after hearing their request, Solomon made, or Rehoboam actually made two very wise decisions. First thing he did, is he said, give me three days to think about it. He didn't want to make a rash decision. He didn't want to just make a snap judgment. So he says, give me three days. Come back in three days and I'll, I'll tell you my decision. And so that was very good. He wanted to seek wise counsel before he made a decision. Great idea. Solomon said this. So he's like, here's an important decision I need to make. I don't want to make it irrationally or quickly. So I'm going to to take three days. I'm going to find wise counsel. Give me some time. And so he chose to listen before he decided. So far, so good. And so Rehoboam, he went to a group of his father's counselors. Now, these were men who they had a perspective that only years of life could give them. They had, they had seen the changes that took place under Solomon. They saw the burden of the people and they understood the complaints and they, they gave Rehoboam some great advice. They said in 1 Kings 12:7, And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto this people this day and wilt serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. Ever. So in other words, they said, hey, show them some mercy, be good to them, lighten their load. And will they'll, they'll serve you forever. They'll do anything you ask in the future if you lighten the load now. But Rehoboam didn't like that advice. He wasn't looking for good advice. He was looking for someone to tell him what he wanted to hear. So guess what he did? He went to his friends. 1 Kings 12.8. But he forsook the counsel of the old men which they had given him and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him and which stood before him. So he turns to his friends. He turned to a group of people who were no further down the road of life than he was and asked, what decision should I make regarding this problem in my life? And so they worked for him, so they told him exactly what did you want to you? Here's their advice in 1 Kings twelve ten, And the young men that were grown up with him spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto this people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thus thou shalt thou say unto them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. And now, whereas my father did laid you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father has chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. They said, you need to go back to those people and say, you think my daddy was rough? You ain't seen nothing yet. Y'all are going to work ten times harder for me than you did for him. Your life's going to be ten times harder than it ever was when my dad was in charge, and that was what he wanted to hear. He wanted to be the big, bad king. And so that's the advice he took. Three days later, Jeroboam shows up. Jeroboam says, well... King, what's your decision? And he says, you think my dad was hard? Man, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to whip y'all into shape. Y'all have been lazy compared to what I'm going to do to you. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get y'all in shape and I'm y'all going to serve me like you've never served anybody before. And so Jeroboam, that's not what he wanted to hear. That's not what people wanted to hear. So he goes back and he tells the people and the people are furious. Well, after hearing this, the majority of Israel rejected Rehoboam as their king and they rebelled against him. So Rehoboam, what he does is he sent his chief of forced labor, Adariam, to round up workers and they stoned him to death. And civil war breaks out. And the kingdom's divided and thousands die. And there's invasion after invasion and captivity after captivity. Why? Because one young man didn't want to take the advice of the wise men. All because he refused to take advice from those who were further down the road than he was. Now, there's a lot we can learn from Bohm, but here's the most important lesson of his life. It is next to impossible to heed the voice of wisdom if we are not really listening to it to begin with. The best counsel in the world is wasted counsel if our minds are already made up about a subject. If we've already made our decision and we're just looking for people to verify or to justify our decision, the best counsel in the world is wasted counsel. So why is something so obvious so difficult? Probably for the same reason so many men refuse to pull over and ask for directions when they're lost. We don't want to be told what to do. We don't want to be told that we're wrong. Basically, it's pride. Our pride is keeps us from choosing the right counselors. Pride is hard to see in the bathroom mirror, but it's real easy to see in the rearview mirror. You don't see it when you're looking at it, but after it's done messed up, you're like, yep, shouldn't have made that decision. I'd made it because of pride. And when we refuse to get the help when we don't know what we need to know, we are not the only ones that suffer. Everyone around us suffers, except for the wise people that did it the right way. They, don't, they end up where they intended to be. So, number one, be selective who you get wisdom from. Number two, don't make your decisions your own business. You know, often when we're encouraged to seek counsel, to get a second opinion, we think, you know, it's my life. I'll do what I want to do. It's nobody's business. Now, it seems like an logical argument, but it's got a flaw to it. Because every decision you make, it eventually becomes everybody's business. You chose privately who to marry, but everybody knows who you're married to. You chose privately what house to buy, but everybody knows what house you live in. You chose privately what car to buy, but everybody knows your car. You chose privately where to go to work, but everybody knows where you work. So you can make private decisions because it's your life and it's nobody's business, but it's going to be everybody's business eventually. They're all going to find out anyway. Now, not only do private decisions become known to the public, but they're judged by the public as well. And you should know this because you do it all the time. Your friends buy a car that you think, why'd they buy that car? And they paid way too much. Why did they buy their house there? They're, they're upside down in their payments. People make decisions and we hear about the decision it's known to us and we judge it. We talk about it. Well, that was a dumb decision. Shouldn't have married that woman. Shouldn't have dated that guy. Why did they, they live there? Why did he leave his good job here to go? And people judge our decisions. You form opinions about it. At every level, we pass judgment on the decisions of people around us, but it, but it goes dif- deeper than that. The decisions that we make privately are known by others, they're judged by others, and they affect others. The decisions I make privately as a pastor affect other people. The decisions I make privately as a father affect other people. The decisions I make privately about my relationship with my wife it affects other people. It affects my kids. It affects the church. It affects everyone around me. So since our decisions are, will be known, since our decisions will be judged by others and felt by others, why not involve other people before we make the decision? Since people are going to talk about the decision you make, why not allow some people to talk to you before you make the decision. If direction determines your destination, we would be wise to take some direction from people before choosing one. So as we finish looking at the wisdom of borrowing from others' maps, I I want to leave you with two things to consider. Number one, no one gets to the place where they no longer need wise, wise counsel. No one. to, To think that you've gotten to the place where you don't need wise counsel, you are lying to yourself, and you are setting yourself up to make a bad decision. Now, the older we get, the higher the stakes are for our decisions, and the sad thing is the older we get, the less likely people are to give us advice anyway. Look at Solomon, wisest man who ever lived, had no one who would come to him and say, Solomon, I think... Marrying the Queen of Sheba was a bad idea. God, God said, don't do that. I don't think you ought to do that. Solomon, you, you've already got 400 wives. Do you really need another one? That's one more mother-in-law, Solomon. What are you thinking? No one gave him that. that no one could come to him and, and say that. So Solomon, he did what he wanted to do. He did what he thought was best. And at the end of his life, his wives had turned his heart away from God. Why? Because he got to the point where he thought, I'm the wisest man in the world. No one can needs to give me this direction. You will never get to the point where you don't need direction. Success, age, wealth, and power do not always translate into wisdom, self-control, and maturity. Remain open to the input of others. And when you need help, be willing to say, I don't know enough here. I need some help. Second, you will never reach your full potential without tapping into the wisdom of others. You just won't. You know all that you know, and that's all you're ever going to know. Your life experiences are the only experiences you have to draw on. So you need to tap into the wisdom of people who know what you don't know. You need to tap into the experience of people who have experienced things you haven't experienced to help you reach your full potential. You've experienced what you're going to experience, and that what this is what sets us up for poor decision making and when it comes to realms outside of our wisdom and understanding. But learning to learn from others who are ahead of you removes those limitations. Now you don't know just what you know. You know what you know and what every, every, other people know. Now you just can't draw from your experiences. You draw from your experiences and other people's experiences. We are all borrowing from someone else's map, whether intentionally or unintentionally. So whose map map are you borrowing from? Who are you allowing to influence your life? Are they farther down the road of life than you are? Do their lives and lifestyles reflect your vision for the future? No matter where you are in life, whether you're just beginning your journey or you're coming towards the end of your journey, you need to realize that you don't know the way where you want to end up. You need to stop and ask someone who is where you want to be for directions. Direction determines your destination. So find someone who knows the way and borrow that map. And look, asking for help doesn't show a lack of wisdom. It shows you have Wisdom because successful people know what they don't know, and they allow other people who do know to help them along their path.